It's May 2020. You remember that time? A strange and eerie period where lockdown still felt new. Think shuttered shops and restaurants and more people than ever working from home. Remember that context as you listen to this episode and ask yourself how much lockdown boredom and the never-ending entertainment of celebrities fighting may have played a part in the media storm of Alison Roman. Roman is a food writer and chef, best known for her best-selling book, Nothing Fancy. She'd previously been a recipe tester for Bon Appetit, and at the time of the big backlash she faced, which we're discussing today, Roman was a columnist for the New York Times. Her thing is simple, pared-back cooking that fits into busy modern life. Her recipes are the sort of stuff you could easily prepare for a pal in a small city kitchen after a long day at work. Food that would be delicious and therefore impressive, but simple and non-technical enough that you could coquettishly say it's nothing fancy. Think domestic goddess, but 21st century and New York. She's also known for her viral recipes, which are exactly as they sound. These are recipes released online that become super popular and go viral as people post their creations using said recipe. A British example of that might be Nigella's Chicken in a Pot with Orzo, which regularly appears on feeds. But if any chef has perfected the viral recipe, it's Alison Roman. She's had several viral smashes. Her first was a cookie recipe that became so popular on Instagram, it simply became known as hashtag the cookies. Roman had created that recipe while she was testing for an earlier book, Dining In. Oh, it's for salted butter chocolate chunk cookies, by the way. And to this day, people are still using hashtag the cookies to post their version of Roman's creation. Still, even though the recipe was made in 2017. Another smash hit became known as hashtag the dip, a classic Roman recipe in its simplicity. It's a labneh dip with sizzled scallions and chili and was essentially a highbrow version of ranch dressing. It appeared in Nothing Fancy and in the New York Times where she was now a columnist. Oh, and don't forget hashtag the pasta too. A recipe for caramelized shallot pasta, also in Nothing Fancy and the New York Times and also exploding on Instagram accounts across America and even the world. But then along came hashtag the stew, which is arguably where things started to turn for the idolized young chef who was beloved by food snobs and regular people alike. Welcome to Cancelled. I'm your host, Cam, and this is the show where we look back at some of the biggest and most bizarre attempts to cancel people, corporations, and even countries. You may think the subjects of our very rigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter because all of them were judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately canceled. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it. Been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show. But my listeners wanted to write the ad for me. And here are some of the things they said. Not your regular juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll 
instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. Now, before we get into Hashtag The Stew, there's some additional context to give. As many of you listeners will be aware of, over the last five years or so, we've been talking more as a society about racial justice and how prejudices manifest to entrench societal inequality. One aspect of this conversation that regularly finds itself in the headlines is around cultural appropriation. So, what is cultural appropriation? I'll give you the dictionary definition. Cultural appropriation. Noun. The unacknowledged or inappropriate adoption of the customs, practices, ideas of one people or society by members of another and typically more dominant people or society. Put simply, cultural appropriation is ripping off cultures who are traditionally marginalized in an unacknowledged, often exploitative way. Historically, we know this happened. Think Colonists going to other countries, coming back with chunks of loot, and selling or wearing disrespectfully like a costume. And a version of that still happens today. For example, people wearing a Native American headdress to Coachella. Considering that Native Americans were massacred in huge numbers and today still struggle to express their own identity freely, a festival goer rolling through in a headdress is quite clearly inappropriate. At best, it's rude and tasteless. At worst, symptomatic of certain white Westerners and their feeling of entitlement to literally anything. Land? I'll take it. Deeply precious cultural item? Mine now, and I'll just chuck it in the car next to my wellies like it's no big deal. Or worse, I'll start my own fashion company creating these items, make money from it, and offer no cut or recognition to the people who created it. Of course, not every instance of non-white and non-Western cultures crossing over to white audiences is cultural appropriation. Indeed, many articles have been written about the difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. The latter, of course, is a good thing. It's open-minded. It's progressive. Okay, so what's all this got to do with Alison Roman? Well, in the food world, a conversation about appropriation versus appreciation has been raging for some time now. Food is an especially tricky subject. There is a clear hierarchy along racial lines in food, particularly when we're looking at the business of food. For professional chefs, you're much more likely to get a Michelin star if you cook Western food, meaning you're more likely to charge more, earn more, and be more admired. If you're cooking non-Western food, you are less likely to get praise, win awards, and charge what chefs cooking French food can. Unless, perversely, you are white doing a take on non-Western cuisine, whereby suddenly you are the expert on, say, Thai fusion cooking, when the Thai chefs in Bangkok that hone the techniques don't get a look in, and the Thai chefs in London are erased from the story of success and seen as high street, common, low cost, and low value. So when Alison Roman's recipe for spiced chickpea stew, aka hashtag the stew, arrived in 2019, people were quick to notice that the recipe looked very similar to the recipe for a traditional Indian dish, chana masala. Critics said that Roman should have referenced the dish in the title, or anywhere, and give credit to the Indian tradition from which the dish was born. But Roman fired back saying, quote, 
y'all, this is not a curry, end quote, which no doubt made it worse, given that not all Indian food is curry. That's when tables started to turn for the food world sweetheart, the modern chef who was supposed to make good food accessible, but now was being questioned about elitism and her role in what critic Roxana Hadidi called colonization as cuisine. Which brings us to that fateful May in lockdown and the customary Twitter beef that often defines these sorts of cancellations. The opponents, Alison Roman versus Chrissy Teigen, who we'll be hearing more about later this season in her own canceled episode. Teigen is the Asian-American model who is married to John Legend and has a burgeoning food business. She's created best-selling cookbooks and has run successful food blogs for well over a decade. One of these is called Cravings, and it is mainly run through its Instagram page, which currently has 1.5 million followers. Tegan was also something of a Twitter icon at the time, a much-beloved Bantosaurus Rex, a funny and gorgeous lady whose pithy, relatable, and often too-much-information tweets won her fans and legions and even annoyed Donald Trump. But at the time, May 2020, Tegan was firmly on her throne. Roman had given an interview to a newsletter called The New Consumer. Ostensibly, she was there to announce the launch of her new capsule collection with a kitchen tools brand called Material. But she took the opportunity to insult other fame names who made branded houseware items because perhaps in her mind, her tools were not like the other girls' tools. The people she chose to lampoon were Marie Kondo and Chrissy Teigen, two Asian women. Her criticism of Kondo was that it was hypocritical that she should release products to help achieve her famed KonMari method when the method is about having less stuff. However, as it had been pointed out, the KonMari method is not just about getting rid of stuff, but about mindfully choosing items that serve you and spark joy. There was also the controversy around one specific line in the interview. Talking about Kondo's range, Roman made a joke that many readers interpreted as making fun of Kondo's Japanese accent. Roman said that this was not the case, and the journalist who interviewed her backed her, saying she was not putting on an accent at the time. Rather, it was an inside joke about an Eastern European cookbook she owns. So was she making fun of Eastern European accents instead? Was that any better? I I don't know. As for Tegan, her criticism went as follows. Quote, what Chrissy Teigen has done is so crazy to me. She had a successful cookbook, and then it was like, boom, line at Target. Boom, now she has an Instagram page that has over a million followers where it's just like people running a content farm for her. That horrifies me, and it's not something that I ever want to do. End quote. What happened next did not reflect brilliantly on Roman. When people pointed out that it was a bit rich that she criticized people for monetizing their public profile when she herself has monetized her profile through TV appearances and, of course, her own range, she said she hated seeing women bully each other, the suggestion being that she was being bullied, which definitely did not sound like someone listening to valid criticism. It also did not go unnoticed that Roman chose to single out two women of color from the famously white world of food and lifestyle— Oops, Allison, your whiteness is showing. Also, don't forget, hashtag the stew. This incident seemed to genuinely hurt Tegan. Tegan wrote that it, quote, hit me hard. 
I have made her recipes for years now, bought the cookbooks, supported her on social media, and praised her in interviews. I even signed on to executive produce the very show she talks about doing in this article. End quote. She continued, I started Cravings because I wanted something for myself. I wanted something John didn't buy. I wanted something to do that calmed me, that made me happy and made others happy too. Cravings isn't a machine or farm content. It's me and two other women. Later, she continued, Anyhow, now that that's out there, I guess we should probably unfollow each other, all while mentioning Allison's social media handle in the post. Which is exactly what she did. She also made her account private and announced that she'd be taking a hiatus to get away from the drama, which had sadly reached the abuse part of Twitter. People claiming to be Team Allison lampooned Tegan's children, among other awful things. Roman eventually issued a lengthy public apology and said she'd made contact with Tegan privately. And on the subject of her whiteness, she did what so few others do. She admitted it was not okay, saying, quote, The fact that it didn't occur to me that I had singled out two Asian women is 100% a function of my privilege. Being blind to racial insensitivities is a discriminatory luxury. I know that our culture frequently goes after women, especially women of color, and I'm ashamed to have contributed to that. End quote. At that point, her New York Times column was put on ice, never to come back. That's because seven months later, Roman announced that she had chosen to move on and had quit for Pastures New, namely a YouTube series and more cookbooks. So how about the other players? Well, Chrissy Teigen came back to the internet pretty swiftly after her hiatus and continued with her life, and Marie Kondo continued to thrive. The end. Okay, you might be saying, is that it? Well, yeah, kinda. But there is, nonetheless, food for thought in this storm-in-a-teacup tale of foodies, from white privilege and the appropriation of food to the falseness of cancellation. Because for months, fans of Roman thought she had been canceled by the New York Times, that she had been a victim of PC culture gone mad, where there is no forgiveness, even when you admit to doing something wrong. And while we're sure there was definitely blowback to Roman and tensions within her workplace, she was, in fact, not canceled. She quit. She continues to have a very successful food writing and broadcasting brand and is working on her next cookbook. She has over 600,000 followers. So here's a question. Has anyone ever really been canceled? Has the hysteria around cancellation that it ruins careers ever really played out properly? One or two cases, perhaps, but one could say that, in fact, most celebrities simply move on to new pastures, maybe not as luxury pastures, but still better than most people's. Whether you think that that's an injustice or not depends on how serious you think the crime is, bearing in mind that whenever someone gets famous, they will attract scrutiny and haters and people who want to blow stuff out of proportion. But maybe a better question would be, who in all these so-called cancellation spats is unheard, and how can we help them? Because whether Roman writes in a newspaper or not, and whether or not she will ever give credit to Indian cuisine by admitting hashtag the stew is a take on chana masala, will not change the lives of non-Western immigrant chefs that are the backbone of the food industry. So maybe it's them we should be talking about.
This episode of Cancelled was written by Coco Khan. This is a Broccoli Production.